Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see will you achieve victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to the DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Groshaw with me today. Chase, how you doing on this lovely Sunday evening? No, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just got back from a so it was my girlfriend's family party kind of thing. They don't really like a party, just kind of like a get together, I guess. At the end of the day, um, her family's got they got got a little big piece of property about three minutes away. We went to and just kind of hung out there. Uh, tried Bush Light Apple. Um, I don't remember who. I'm pretty sure it was. Austin, maybe it was Dylan or something we were talking to it with or, or, or talking to about it. Um, and so they had some there. So I tried it and it's, it's not that bad. It's it's like it's almost like an apple cider, but without the sugar. So, you know, whenever we're together next, we should go out and look for them so you can try and I can get your opinion. Uh, but other than that, yeah, just kind of hanging in. How are you? Yeah, I'm down because, you know, we've had angry orchards a couple of times and little too sweet for me. Little too sweet. So definitely be interested in trying some bush some bush apple. Uh, I'm, I'm doing really good. And Chase, right at the start of the old Google Drive, I got Mike needs to talk for a minute. And uh, we'll get into that right after I let everyone know we are going to be talking about some Tampa signings today. Ross Colton, um, his situation is more known now, but you know we still have to wait for the final decision on him. We'll talk about that later on, and then got some stuff around the league to talk about too. But for right now, this might go three, five minutes. If you're not interested, feel free to skip forward. Uh, if you are, I I am amped. Because do I have the option to skip forward? N- no, no, you got to okay. stay here. You okay. got to okay. sit okay. here. Yeah, I am amped. I. This is going to be about Call of Duty and professional Call of Duty, that is. Um, absurd. I tweeted out on my own Twitter. 
What the hell was that? By far the most absurd thing I've ever seen in any type of competition. What a major. What a final. So for anyone unaware, and again, if you're not interested, go ahead. Feel free to move forward. Um, If you are, what happens is Call of Duty, they've got 12 teams in their pro league. They have majors where it's basically just a big tournament to crown a champion. This was their final major of the regular season, and it was wild. I mean, the worst team in the league. They made a deep run to get fifth, sixth, and on that way, they knocked out the number one team in the world. And when I say number one team in the world, they've got probably 10 wins over the second place team. Like, absurd. But the big reason I wanted to talk about it was the final. There's a nine-game series in the grand final, and Chase, we all know that reverse sweeps, they're a big deal in hockey, and... Uh, baseball, you know, any, any type of tournament where there's a seven game series. So really, really any type of playoffs, if a team goes up three, nothing and they lose, that's embarrassing. Well, how about going up four, nothing and losing? So I just want to go through the series real quick. Toronto, they take out Minnesota 250 to 34 chase, you know, hard point. That's not supposed to happen. 34 points. Yeah. as, As a professional, that's embarrassing. It it was a pounding and then a six to one search and destroy a three to one control a 250 to 194 hard point that puts Toronto up. However, Minnesota, they make the run and win five straight to win the championship. It was absolutely absurd. And the reason I'm making such a big deal out of this is not only because it's a best of nine instead of a best of seven and going down four nothing instead of three nothing is just absurd but another reason call of duty is not like you know the nhl where you lose a game okay you got a day to look back you got a day to practice you got a day to come up with strategy to be better than the team the next game no no this is all done within three four hours so if they're getting put in the blender early on they're not coming back But they did anyways. It was absolutely wild. Uh, I just had to talk about it because I am a huge fan of competition wherever I can find it. And competition plus a video game that I absolutely love, huge Call of Duty guy. It was so good. If if any of you are interested in seeing some of the craziness that could be happening this uh, August 19th, I think it is August 19th, a Thursday, the championships. The Call of Duty Championships will be on. So if you want to tune in, just take a peek, you know, 30 minutes. If you don't enjoy it, that's fine. If you do, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But I thought it was absolutely insane. Everyone was going crazy on social media. Everyone was going insane in the venue. There was fans there. It was awesome. And I'm just amped. I I had to talk about it. I mean, we don't have much to talk about on the show regardless. So I figured why not put something else that I'm super passionate about. So, uh, a nine game series down four nothing coming back to win it all fucking insane holy hell yeah i mean that sounds that, yeah that, that, i mean that shit sounds crazy you know i obviously am not nowhere i'm nowhere near the uh you know pro cod fan that you are but like i you know i've, I've seen stuff here and there and there definitely is some like tense interesting moments so you know just kind of knowing that and, and hearing that and kind of comparing it you know to other levels of sport that is definitely a crazy feat and i like, I don't consider um, 
esports, like sports, actually, I, I consider them competitions. I mean, you got to be insane at what you do and give all props to any type of esports out there. Um, but for those of you that think in the same boat, esports, they're not really sports. Like there's no consider it a competition. If you're, if you're interested in any type of competition, I'd recommend just checking it out. If, if there's a game out there that you enjoy, um, playing, check out to see if they have a a pro league because there's some really fun competition that go on. But, uh, that's kind of it for the, the, esports aspect of things that we're going to talk about on this show i was just so amped for the call of duty tournament that just took place it just finished as we started recording so i had to talk about it but chase will now move on to tampa stuff we'll start with their signings that they made uh since our last uh episode and that is headlined by Corey perry yeah so Corey perry uh doing a little marion hosa action here maybe so he you know, he's in two straight finals, loses in the finals. You know, obviously a little different style than Hosa, but still loses in two straight finals. So now he goes and goes to a new team, tries to, you know, maybe win, you know, his third finals or wins, win in his third finals there. Um, you know, he's, he's a familiar foe. He's someone who's a pain in the ass to play against. Uh, he's going to come in and bring an interesting dynamic for this Tampa Bay Lightning team. He His game, you know, he, he's not that 50-goal scorer that he was at one point in his career, but he's this great, great depth player. Uh, this guy who's going to play that specific role and, and be a pain in your ass. It, it kind of helps replace what, you know, Coleman Gaudreau are, are, are moving on from. Like it's someone who can just fill in those bottom six minutes. Uh, I like the signing really. It's, it's at a decent price too. I've got no issues at all. Yeah. I think it's a nice piece to add when you lose so many pieces that you already did, especially like you mentioned with Gaudreau and Coleman, but man, it, right when I saw this, I just thought you, and it's just cause Anytime I watched Corey Perry when I was growing up, the Anaheim games, I just hated this dude. The way he played, it was similar to like a Marshawn where he can score, but he's also in the face of the other team and just everything about it I disliked. So I guess it being on our team now, I'm okay with it. But my first initial response was, ew, even though I think overall, like you said, money-wise, the fit, it's right. Oh, yeah, you're going to learn to love him. I yeah. <laughs> I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. He's right now. He's going down in, in my books as a player that I don't love, but uh, we got a couple other signings to talk about. Chase Taylor Radish, Alex Bariboulet, Boris Kachuk, and of course, exceptional player status, Sean day. Yeah. So, you know, one of these, not like the other Sean day is a legend. The other three are scrubs, but uh, Radish, Bariboulet, Kachuk, all three of these guys have legitimate chance to make this team next year. Uh, I'd say at best, probably two of them do. If I put my money on it, I would say Barbalay and Radish are, are going to be those guys. But Kachuk is very, very, very much in that running as well. So they're on great deals. I mean, they if, if I'm not mistaken, all three of them got the, that three-year 758 average deal where, you know, they're, they're making 700K first two years and it goes up to 775, I believe is how it's structured. Uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic value. It's just a way to get young guys uh, kind of held, held around for a little bit longer. It's, you know, it's what Chicago did when they were winning cups. They filled out their bottom of their lineup with young guys on cheap contracts. So it's kind of what's going on here, hopefully. Yeah. And you talk about you've talked about multiple times that with us losing so many players, we're going to be able to have a chance to see the young guys play. I think those three names right there, Radish, Bariboulet, Kachuk could all be guys that step in the lineup right away and help produce on the Tampa team. So excited for that. I don't see Sean Day doing that. Um, wasn't he on the, uh, what is it? Emergency squad or whatever we had this year. What was it? Tech squad. Yeah. It was, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxi Squad. Was he on the Taxi Squad this year? Uh, I'm. I don't know exactly how long. I'm for. I'm for sure. At some like I'm sure at some points he was. He's still yet to play in any NHL games. Um, it, it's gonna change at some point. The guys who have the, the type of you know status that he did as a junior hockey player, it's very very rare that they don't at least get that opportunity to try to you know prove themselves. So he's gonna. I guarantee you, he plays at least a game for Tampa this season at some point. But he's definitely not gonna be like a, a main roster guy. I don't know if the Texas squad is still continuing or not. But I could for sure see him kind of hanging around the Texas squad. But what if Sean Day comes in, plays that one game, and he's the best defenseman on the ice? Yes, even with Victor Hedman out there. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, no <laughs> shit, it'd be cool. I'll take that. Yeah, not going to happen, though. But Chase, Ross Colton, he files for arbitration. Uh, what does this mean, and how much money will we be looking at when the arbitrators are uh, done deciding this stuff? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really depends on kind of when his arbitration date is going to be. I got a feeling they're going to settle before arbitration. Uh, So once you file for arbitration as a player, you have up until your um, actual hearing, you have up until the second your hearing starts to to settle. So, you know, if say if their hearing were to start tomorrow at noon at 11.59 in the morning, if they came to a deal before they walk into that, um, you know, the independent arbitrator's room, then they get a deal and they move on. Uh, So... What happens in, in arbitration? It's just like any other, um, you know, legal arbitration that happens outside of the sports world. It's two sides trying to argue their case and trying to find a middle ground. Really, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Ross Colton might go and say, "Oh, I deserve three and a half million a year." Where Breezeball says, "No, he is a two million dollar a year player and nothing more." It really sucks because it's it's a GM. You know, that their job in these arbitration cases is to shit on these players, and these players, their job is to reach for as much money as possible so their arbitrator can kind of find that middle ground. Um, sometimes it can hurt relationships. Uh, that's why most time they try to settle before arbitration. So you don't have to bring out any of that stuff. My guess is, um, that Ross Colton's going to get a two year deal before arbitration settles, probably, you know, somewhere in between that two and $3 million range. Um, it's not going to be anything crazy, but he's going to get probably more than, than we, more than a, a guy that maybe in his situation, you kind of expect, you know, like a mid season call up and just kind of playing depth minutes. Uh, he really proved he's worth the money, so that's why I kind of feel like you know, like maybe like that two two five a year or something uh, for two years, um, is probably what it's going to end up being. So I, I really think that they're going to settle before arbitration. But if they don't, then uh, they'll get their number from the arbitrator, and then Tampa have an option to give him a one year or a two year with that number. So are you okay with that two and a half to three million dollar uh, deal for Ross Colton? And a second question. Would you be okay with that if he didn't come in and have a, such a have such a great playoffs, including the Stanley Cup clinching goal? I am perfectly fine with that number, especially since we saw what Carter Verhage did once he went to Florida. I mean, he had a fantastic season. He was, I mean, close to a point per game. Honestly, it, it was shocking. Um, I, I don't think he necessarily would have that type of impact elsewhere, but he would have a bigger role on most other NHL teams. So I'm perfectly fine with that number. I think it's deserving. Um, if he didn't play as well as he did in the playoffs, you know, I'd feel a little less good about that. And he would, he honestly would make less money. The way he played in that playoffs is going to definitely be a big deciding factor here. If he would have just been an average piece in the playoffs, he probably wouldn't have even filed for arbitration. He probably would have signed his QO or, uh, you know, maybe taken a little bit of a pay raise. So he, he's earned the money. Um, you know, Tampa understands that. He understands that. His agent understands that. So I've got no issue with it. Ross Colton, one of the 17 players that have filed for arbitration. But talking about contracts, Chase, we're going to move off of Tampa and head over to Columbus. Columbus, a team we have a lot of history with. Uh, two years ago, we had not so great of an experience with them. But last year, we did very well against them. This year, no issues. Their top blue liner, Zach Wierenski, huge money. 
up to the point of Kale McCarr type of money, is he worth it? Well, the fact that he's making more than Kale McCarr uh, can automatically tell you he is not worth it. Because I'm going to be honest with you, there is no defenseman in the NHL I would pay more than Kale McCarr right now. Um, we have Victor Hedman on our team. I would not. I would. I would just flat out. I, I would not pay Victor Hedman more than Kale McCarr if I was both giving them contracts today. Uh, Kale McCarr is the most valuable defenseman in the NHL at the moment. Um, it, it just. It just is what it is. The fact that Wawrinski's getting this kind of money is fucking crazy to me. I think Wawrinski is an awesome defenseman. Um, I don't remember who I follow, but I apologize. So I wish I could tell you out, but. Uh, I, I think it was evolving wild. Actually, I think, I think it was evolving wild. Um, they so their model predicted that Zach Renski would be worth about six and a half million a year um, on whatever type of contract he got, and he got about three million dollars more than that. So I, I would be willing to pay more than that. Pay him, and you know, happily that seven like seven and a half million range. But the amount that he got is just crazy, and is going to be a killer for GMs uh, in this free agent market because. Uh, the rumor is that Darnell Nurse now wants nine million a year, and if that fucking happens, oh boy! Yeah, that's absurd. Fifty-seven and a half million for six years, uh, above nine and a half per year for Zach Wierenski. Chase, I gotta ask. You see this extension for Wierenski. You saw the extension for Seth Jones, formerly on the Columbus Blue Jackets, now on the Chicago Blackhawks. Who would you rather have with their current money and their future extensions? <sighs> I. I don't know, because the analytics will tell you Seth Jones is not a good NHL defenseman by any means. Uh, I think the eye test tells you a little differently. So it, it depends how much you want to weigh that on one another. I'm, I might prefer Wierenski as, as a player in general, and I'll take on that extra cap hit just for the hell of it. It's one less year, too. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely makes an, makes an impact. So I, I guess I would probably just lean Wierenski here, but I really would not want either of these guys at their contracts. <laughs> That's tough. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, talking about tough and more contracts, uh, Philip Grubauer, a little bit of a contract issue where his signing had to get voided. And then Seattle was like, oh, wait, no, we just made a little bit of a mistake here. Let me fix that real quick. So he should be back signed with Seattle Kraken, uh, if not already sometime here soon. Yeah, I don't know how, how this happens. Um, so apparently this like, like when the contract got filed, um, you know, they like you see what the AAV is. So if someone gets, you know, someone gets a six, six year, $36 million contract that their average is 6 million a year. doesn't mean they're making 6 million a year. One year they might make seven, one year they might make five, blah, 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 so on. So, you know, the, the difference was uh, from going from year one to year two in the contract, there can't be a 25% um, decrease. So you can't front load the contracts too heavily. Cause it's kind of what we saw happen in a lot of cases. And then the recapture penalties that you get for guys retiring or leaving ends up being just an insurmountable amount. Um, so they, you know, they're, they're trying to limit that from teams being in that position. So they just make it a rule where you can't do that. Um, so it ended up being more than that 25%. So the league rejected the contract. They had to go and refile it. Apparently it happened with like within two hours of actually filing a contract in the first place they found out. So refiled, it should all be settled here pretty soon. Okay. And then Philip Grubauer going to be the starting goaltender of the Seattle crack. And while chase talking about starting goaltenders, Marc-Andre Fleury, we saw he got traded for absolutely nothing over to Chicago. It sounds like he's going to be playing for him. He's willing to uh, move out to Chicago and play for him, even though we thought maybe that might not be the case because his daughters and his family loved Vegas and there was talk about retirement. Marc-Andre Fleury willing to go play for Chicago. Yeah, I'm happy that he's not just going to retire because I don't want to see someone retire for just winning you know, the best of their position. 
It's like when Barry Sanders retired after winning, you know, just literally league MVP. He's like, ah, no, I'm done. We're good. Uh, like, like that type of shit sucks. You want guys um, like guys want to go out on top of their game. Sure. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're playing this well, especially in your older age, it kind of leaves you want more. It's like, all right, how long can this can this magic really last? So I, w- I would have been a little disappointed if Flurry would just retired after the season he had. So I'm happy he's coming back. Uh, I'm not as happy that's with Chicago because Chicago is not a team I just extremely love in the first place anyway. But Stan Bowman, uh, even though he should have been fired weeks ago, is doing everything he can to build a Stanley Cup contender of the season. And Marc-Andre Fleury sits third, all-time wins. Going to try to push into that top two, but is he going to be able to do it with Chicago? I don't know. That's uh, that's another question for another time. But two pieces of news left, Chase. Evander Kane starting up um, right now. I heard a little bit. And it was that he was betting on his own games. I I really don't don't know much more about that. Um, so inform me. What are we What are we looking at here? So I'm not gonna go too much into the personal life details because, like, I, you know, I for, for the sake of, the, of their daughter and their on unbo- their unborn child, um, I don't want you know I, I hate having too much limelight thrown on them. Is they're completely innocent in this? But really, at the end of the day. Um, Evander Kane and his wife are clearly going through the process of a divorce. Uh, they're having a lot of issues. His wife is going out saying that he's betting on his own games. He's throwing it, throwing games so he can make money. Uh, he's going out in Europe and having all these crazy parties while he's not giving any money to his families where he comes back and says, no, I have never once bet on the NHL. I've never once bet on myself and never once bet against myself to anything like that. He literally had his best statistical season. So for her to say that him, you know, like I, I, I don't buy that based on the way he played this year. He played actually pretty well, uh, and it's actually showing like he's worth that contract. But he also is a guy who has a lot of gambling issues. Um, he doesn't always necessarily seem like necessarily seem like the best person. So you know the stuff with his, I, I'm more concerned about the uh, stuff with his you know daughter and stuff. If he's really not taking care or doesn't sh- like show any support for you know that's that's bullshit. I hate that. Um, but it, it's really just a messy situation. I hope the details get ironed out pretty soon. But I do want to say. I, this is kind of piggybacking off of this and the snarky comment I made two minutes ago. The NHL is talking about they're looking very heavily into this and they're going to you know open up a full investigation, blah, blah, whatever. But they can't do the same when it comes to Chicago and their situation. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not a fan. Both these situations should be handled, you know, properly and probably the same. But it's just the NHL kind of showing, you know, that they're true cards. See, I feel like what the NHL is doing is just saving face. They're going to say, oh, we're opening up an investigation and nothing's going to come from it. Nothing like it's going to be two, three weeks from now. And we're not even going to remember the situation because the NHL hasn't given us an update. Um, Both parties of the situation may have been told by lawyers or something. Now, let's keep this on the down low. I, I feel like in a week or two. We're not going to know anything about it. So uh, the NHL just continues to absolutely shock us by doing nothing. Yeah, it it's it, it really is disappointing. Um, you know, this is the sport that I love. This is my first love in life. Really, when it comes on to it, there's nothing else that I'd rather be involved in than the sport of hockey. And, you know, when stuff like this comes out, um, there is a, a guy whose name I, I do not know. I, I did not follow him on Twitter or anything. But Twitter is a hellhole in case anybody doesn't know. Um, you know, he, he is a, a black hockey fan who has been getting a lot of you know racist comments directed towards him. And like I, I, I'm so, so against that type of bullshit. Uh, you know, the, the sport of hockey is very it's been very disappointing. The, the, you know, the last few weeks, the Logan Mayu stuff is, is disappointing. 
uh, at, at the end of the day, you know, hockey, it's really feels like it's taken a couple steps back, it's a couple steps back these last couple of months, which is such a shame. It sure has. And uh, the NHL as a whole, not doing so hot. Neither is the Buffalo Sabres organization and the whole Eichel fiasco going on right now. Jack Eichel's agents, they said that they fully expect a trade to be done already. Not the case. And then after that, Chase, we got to talk about some of the surgery stuff, too, that's happening between him and the Buffalo Sabres and the future of his career. Yeah. yeah. So Eichel expected to be traded by now. So did his agency. Uh, he's not been traded yet. They kind of expected one. I don't know if it was by the draft or by the opening for agency, but it was one of those two. And it didn't happen. Uh, Buffalo says that they are comfortable taking him into camp. Um, and just having him around, uh, you know, if that's the case and he, if he was able to show up to camp healthy and, sh- and shit, why would you want a guy who was a superstar player and was once your captain to come in, still be your captain, still try to you know be around this team when he clearly wants to be out? I don't think that's good for him at the end of the day. So they need to hurry up and get this move done or you just keep him away from the rink. And then, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the health stuff. So he he went to a couple in- independent uh, surgeons away from the team. You know, teams have their own doctors that they heavily recommend guys use. Most guys usually do because they have that, um, you know, already built relationship and they're usually great doctors. Uh, but Buffalo, you know, they're the, the path that their doctors want to take are not a path that Eichel agrees with. And he can have the surgery going with these independent doctors that, um, you know, will, it'll help him. It'll take some help to miss some time, but allow him to get back to the game and, you know, kind of get get back to it. But Buffalo's like, hell no, we're not letting you do that shit. Uh, and and with, with his contract, he can't just go ahead and freely do it. He can get his contract voided. It's kind of what Buffalo did. Um, so it, it's just a whole shit show. I, I don't know why Buffalo is treating it the way they are. Uh, just the, the, that P- Pagula family is just, they're kind of dropping the ball the, the, the last, you know, last couple of days. I don't know if you saw what's going on with the bills too, but I don't know. Everything that's just going on in, in the city of Buffalo for the sports is just kind of a shit show. Yeah. I mean, the first part of what you said, having Eichel come back when he clearly doesn't want to be there, that's going to ruin any type of team chemistry. That would be stupid. Buffalo needs to get him out as quick as possible, like you said. The surgery thing, I mean, why are you avoiding letting this guy try to heal himself and whatever he thinks and whatever independent doctors think is the best for him to continue his career should be what happens. It shouldn't be up to the team doctor and solely the team doctor to say, nah, we want some new type of surgery that's might be a little bit experimental and who knows if you'll be able to come back from it. Let's try that instead. Um, that's stupid. And then, no, I haven't heard the bill stuff. Can you inform me? So, um, yeah. So Ter- Terry Pagula is the one who runs the bills. Kim Pagula, she, she runs the, the Sabres. So Terry, he wants to build a new stadium in Buffalo, $1.5 billion stadium. Uh, the place would be, you know, super nice. He's threatening to move. If the city doesn't make the stadium 100% publicly funded, so he wouldn't put a dime into it. And I think that is just the most garbage fucking shit I've ever heard. He's a multi-billion dollar owner. He's worth about $5.4 billion. You know, it's not all liquid assets, of course. A lot of, you know, a big chunk of that is owning the bills. You know, that, 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 is, that is a decent chunk of what he's worth. But at the end of the day, he has enough money where he could chip in two, $300 million into that if, if that's what he truly cared about. And he could have, you know, some... So at least partial private ownership in the place too, but he wants the public to 100% fund it. Uh, you know, 1.5 billion in taxes going to a stadium. That's just a lot of money to pull out. And, you know, I think that's horseshit. When you look at what Vegas built uh, for hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights, AT&T Center, that, that place was a 100% private, 
privately funded. There was zero taxpayer dollars that were put towards that place. And it is beautiful. I've been there. It is incredible. It's a great atmosphere. The rink is awesome. It, it can be done. You don't even have to like pay for it all yourself. Just pay for a chunk of it yourself. You know, round up a group of investors because you'll find investors that are willing to do it. But no, instead he just wants the taxpayers to pay it. And I, I just think it's shit. Yeah, I am sure that there are people in Buffalo that want the team to stick around, especially with how much success they've seen recently. I'm sure he could find some investors easily. And I did actually hear something about that. Um, not to that full extent, but him threatening that they were going to move to Austin, Austin, Texas. Yeah. That would be something. Uh, would not like to see that because we've already got two teams in Texas and the Austin Bills, not the same reign as the Buffalo Bills. And I know that all the Buffalo fans out there and really most NFL fans would be pretty disappointed if that move ever happened. That would be horrible. I would I would hate that shit because I do like the Bills. I, I love Josh Allen. Your dad is a diehard Bills fan. Uh, I don't think I would be very happy about that one. Yeah. I wouldn't either, and I don't even care about the Bills. Yeah, so exactly uh, craziness. But that's it for the show. We actually had a pretty short episode today, just keeping you updated on some of the news. We're going to keep doing that, continuing forward in our future episodes, but also going to be doing some other stuff, season previews. Going to be taking a way-too-early look at 2022 prospects for the NHL draft. Going to be doing a lot of fun stuff, so stay tuned for that in the future. But for now, we move on to Hockey Name of the Day. Uh, Chase going to be scrolling down here and ooh, we've got Lorenzo Dalagnol. Is that, is that right? Lorenzo Dalagnol. Agnol. It's, it's almost like it's two different words, but it's not. So Lorenzo Dalagnol is a, uh, it's a name brought together with apostrophe. So it'd be like O'Connor, for example. So Dal apostrophe Agnol. Uh, but yeah, Lorenzo, he, he's Italian. Uh, he, he's a decent hockey player, an Italian forward, about, about six foot playing in the second level league in Italy. Uh, you know, last year he, he had about 11 points through 14 games, almost point per game. I uh, a decent player. He'll he'll make it to the top Italian league, I'm sure. Not really someone we'll ever see here in North America uh, playing in the NHL. But just another, you know, kind of kind of interesting name. Absolutely love to see the Italian representation out of hockey players. Uh, I myself have some Italians. Well, Sicilian ties, I should say. But uh, any type of hockey minority country, you know, Chase and I are huge fans of. So Lorenzo Dal Agnal, you love to see it. 100%. All right, Chase. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. If you could, lead him out with an outro, and then uh, I'll swing back in to say, all right, bye. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon, check us out over there. You know, we'd, we'd really appreciate it. Just another way to get um, some content from the network, not just us, but other people as well. You'll be supporting them, so make sure to check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter, at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Uh, Bolts Broadcast, as Mike mentioned, we're going to be continuing through the summer. Uh, mostly hockey conversations, might do some other stuff. Uh, you know, if We'd love if you guys stuck around with us, because you know we think we're swell guys that are fun to hang out with. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, you know, all the shows, we're going to keep continuing to produce content, you know, as, as a network as a whole. Uh, we we, we want to keep you guys, you know, informed and keep you guys busy during the summer or kind of during the offseason. Then you go to WNP. Uh, we just finished up our division previews uh, last week. So that, that episode dropped on Friday. Uh, we got some some fun episodes coming up. So a couple of hot takes episodes, a college football preview. Uh, so make sure to check those out and be on the lookout for what's to come. Uh, make sure to go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. You can also check out our blogs there as well. 
Wherever listening, if you could raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, we'd really appreciate it. And do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.